Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I would like to begin by acknowledging and paying my respects to the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people of the Kulin Nations, the traditional custodians of the land on which we stand today. I would like to pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Oh, hi everyone. Hello there. My name is Jane. Okay. You were out there? Yeah, you're just a bit more bubbly than I expected. Oh, hi everyone. This <laughs> reminded me of like a go get a Barbie or something. Sure. I mean, I don't think that um that's the uh, tone that Barbie would give. No, I just don't love being compared to Barbie, but that's fine. Oh, sorry. Um, just cuz I'm cheerful and like wonderful doesn't mean that I have to be Barbie like. I'm equating a Toy Story 3 um, representation of Barbie, I guess, sure. to, uh, which is a good movie. I'm a little bit triggered by it because once I went to, um, once I did a debate at school uh-huh. and um, I put on my really like high pitched public speaking voice. Because you're trying to project. Because I was trying to project and like sound really like clear and mm-hmm. obvious because I'm a bit of a mumbler in my everyday life. So I have to like work to be clearer. Mm. And then afterwards, I was told that I sounded like a Barbie on crack. Oh, wow. That's rough. How old were you? 14. Oh, my gosh. So I'm just a little bit like, don't love it when people call me a Barbie. Especially because I'm like, <laughs> like, if you've ever looked at me, like, I'm the furthest thing from a Barbie that you can imagine. Although I am white. So, you know, I've got that. Anyway, um, this has made you look. <laughs> a podcast. A, a podcast where we make each other watch episodes of our favourite TV shows and then try and figure out why we love the things that we love. I guess uh, I maybe had Barbie in my brain because I looked on a grinder profile where the guy's name was Ken and he said, I don't know where Barbie's at, but I want your attention. Oh, that is so lame. <laughs> I kind of liked it. Do you know my dad's name is Ken? Yes, I did. <laughs> it's weird for me. It's weird for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. Um, okay, so uh, season eight, kids shows. Yes. Yes. Do we have a name for this season? Kids shows. Kids shows, yes. I'll try and come up with one before we release the first episode next week. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so what did you make me watch this week, Jane? I made you watch The Saddle Club. Hello, world. This is me. I should be. And this is good because I've never seen this show. You've never seen it. Okay. I've known about it. Yeah, of course. But we both grew up in a time where binaries were very much reinforced. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and so I was watching things like Dragon Ball Z and Yu-Gi-Oh. What? Yu-Gi-Oh? Never heard of it. While uh, girls would talk about the Saddle Club or the books of um, like the house sitter or the babysitters. The babysitters club. Yeah, there we yes. go. I mean, I'm surprised. The babysitters club was pretty 
out of fashion by the time you would have been the no, right age. I, like maybe it was because we had an older library or something like that. Maybe, and, yeah. and we'd always have those reading challenges all the time. Mm. Um, and so I just remember... They were easy books to pick up for a reading challenge. <laughs> that happening a lot. And so, yes, I knew about the Saddle Club. Mm-hmm. I definitely had never seen it. Yeah. Yes. I probably should have wanted to because I remember wanting having a fascination with horses mm-hmm. when you draw like mm-hmm. the, the musculature of a horse is a very common thing to when do. When you do in like this, this like you start off with like this part's a rectangle and then you do like two ovals and then you do like two smaller ovals. Oh no, I mean more complex like when thing. you're actually building musculature on top of um uh, Oh, frames. shading. Yes. 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 Right. Yes. I see. Um, I had a couple of like how to draw horses books <laughs> and I never got past the like the circles. <laughs> to be honest, getting the neck right from those shapes was difficult. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, and I remember always wanting to go horse riding. Mm. Uh, there was this place in Port Macquarie off from Port Macquarie called Rally Raceway mm-hmm. where they had go-kart racing and they also had horse riding. Mm-hmm. And when I went there in year one and my mum was like a, um, uh, what do you call those people? Chaperone, I guess. Sure. I mean, with the kids' excursion from school. Yep. I was like, mum's like, I don't want to go on the horse. And she goes, no, well, all the boys are going to go cuts and the girls going on the horses. Ugh. So uh, we'll come back here one year and we'll go horse riding. Yeah. Never have, mum. Never have. Wow. Running out of time. You're clearly, are you dying? <laughs> well, I want to go to Port Macquarie Rally Raceway while they still have horses. I'm not sure if they do anymore, uh, Yeah, actually. I'm not sure if they do. But... They do still have the go-karts. Well, there you go. You can go go-karting again. Uh, but yeah, I guess that's one of the main reasons why I figured I probably should have wanted to like this show. Mm-hmm. But, you know, deep-centered internal patriarchy and men, toxic uh, masculinity. Uh, I, I, I remember actually my gran um, chastised me for um, borrowing my friend's, who was a girl, uh, a white horse um, doll. It was like a big horse and it had a little neighing feature. When you pulled its tail, it would like go up and down. And she's like, that's too girly. You need to take it back. That hurts my heart. Yeah. So I got to watch the Saddle Club. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, what should I start off with? My viewing history or the production history? Give me a little bit of viewing history. So, uh, I mean, it's kind of tied in with the with the production history. Anyway, these this show is based off a series of books mm-hmm. for the Saddle Club. I thought so. Um, and my first exposure to that world was actually through the the series of books that was for slightly younger kids in the same universe called The Ponytails. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So there was there was another there was a different set of books called The Pony Pals, which is by a totally different author that I really loved when I was like seven, eight-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I read a few Ponytails books, but I didn't read that many of them. And then this show came out when I was eleven. Um, and I this is the first show that I remember ever, like, hyper-fixating on. Really? Yeah. So this show, like, for a good six months, consumed my every waking thought. Wow. I'm not kidding. I would sit in class and just be thinking about the Saddle Club constantly. Being like, can't wait to get home. Can't wait to get home. Or just, like, I think it was only a weekly. So it would be, like, can't wait for next week. Wow. Like... I I read I read a bunch of the books in the meantime, obviously, mm, mm, um, mm, as many as I could get. It was pretty high on my Scholastic Book Club <laughs> list for a while, if yeah. Mum would let me have them, which we didn't get every time, but whenever no, we yes, did. once, yeah. Um, or if a new one came in in Angus and Robertson Bookstore. Oh, that would be a good day. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I read, all, I read a bunch of the books. Probably not all of them. Read a bunch of the books. I was obsessed. And I was already a horse kid. Like, really? I already loved horses. Did you ever 
ride or, or oh my god see, play, i pet? so wanted to ride horses i wanted to ride horses so badly i begged my mum for years and years and years to ride horses no exposure well the problem was i danced yeah you you had a thing i had a thing yeah. and i had a really expensive thing yeah so i couldn't do both for time and money and there was one year so i was 13 um, this was probably like right at the end, but also the height of my horse craziness. Right. And I, I decided probably kind of in term two of the year that I was done. I was done with dancing. Mm. I mm. want to do horse riding. I've been asking for horse riding for years. And mum was like, not unless you you stop dancing. So that year I was like, I'm not dancing anymore. I'm going to do horse riding. And mum was like, fine, but you have to see out the year. Because you've committed to this, you're in all the group right. dances, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're in for the year, at the end of the year you can stop. So you had another two terms. Another two, this. I was so mad about it. I was like, are you kidding? I'm barely halfway through the year. Like, yeah, yeah. I have to do so much more. And that year I had actually given up ballet because it clashed with netball. They were both on a Saturday right. afternoon. Yep. Yep. So I had given up ballet for the year. And that kind of gave me the taste of giving up dancing, which is why I was like, I'm going to give up dancing. I don't even like it anyway. But at the end of the year, we were sitting in, we were doing the rehearsal for the concert um, and it was like not a dress rehearsal, just a regular rehearsal mm-hmm. where you would, everyone would sit in the audience and you would all just go up when it's time to do your yeah, dance, just yeah. to get used to the spacing. And, and it's also a nice time when you get to see everyone else's performance. Yeah, it's just about the only time you get to see everyone else's Yeah, because you're stuck behind stage. That's right. And all of my friends were on, went up for the ballet dance and got to do the ballet routine together. And I remember sitting in the audience being like, so jealous and mad that I wasn't up there and wishing I was doing that dance. And it was like this epiphany. And I've never had, I've never had an epiphany like this before, but I remember it very specifically being like, I can't give this up. Um, I love this. This means everything to me. And so then, and from then on, I was like, well, I'd love to do horse riding, but I can't. So I've got my thing. I've got my thing. And I loved dancing. And I went back to ballet the following year and I fell in love with ballet all over again. And it was just like my whole life from then on was dance. So I loved horses, but I never got to do horse riding outside of like the occasional pony ride at a fair or like, I think that's probably it. I don't think I've even done that. I love the pony rides at the fair. Um, there was one at the Boulder Markets every weekend. And oh, that's cool. If I could go, I would. But um, yeah, so I loved horses. I knew a few people who were vaguely, there's a big racing industry in Kalgoorlie, horse right. racing industry. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so I knew a friend of mine had um, kind of connections to the racing industry. So a couple of times I went to go feed some that's of the cute. horses. Yeah. There was this like random horse that was lived um, in a paddock, not terribly far from my house. Um, and the paddock was really like dry. It only had some scrub in it. And I was always like, it's not fair to keep a horse in those conditions. It was fine. Um, like where's all the grass and stuff. So I used to like cut grass from our house and take it, <laughs> like ride on, ride my little bike, imagining that I was riding a horse over to this horse in the, in the paddock and oh, feed it. Oh, that's so cute. My grass. Um, I was a fucking moron. Anyway, so loved horses. And when this show came on, it was like everything you dreamed of. that I dreamed of. It was Female friendship, horses, <laughs> highfalutin drama, all in one big package, and I loved it. Wow, okay, yep, yep, yep. Uh, uh, so, a bit more of the production history. I guess it was based off books. So, it was based off the books um, written by Bonnie Bryant, uh, and she wrote, like I said, she wrote Saddle Club, she wrote Pony Tales, and then she wrote like 
a YA series called Pine Hollow, which was basically the Saddle Club girls a little bit older. Oh, um, yeah, because it's set in the location of Pine Hollow. Yes. So I, um, I actually read Pony Tales first, and then I had one Pine Hollow book, which I actually read before I ever went to the Saddle Club. I read that about age nine. Interesting. Probably a little bit not old enough for it, but anyway. Um, I read Pine Hollow and then I went back and read The Saddle Club. Um, so based off of those books and their books are American, but this show is actually Australian. Mm. So, um, well, Definitely hear about that in it's an Australian-Canadian co-production. Yes. <laughs> hence why some actors are not Australian mm. and some are. Um it came out in 2001, as I was saying, and it ran for two seasons at first. Um, although I think those two seasons came out over three years. There might have been yeah. like a one-year break. Because yeah. I remember by the time the second season came around, I wasn't so into it anymore. I still liked it. I still watched it, but I didn't like love it like mm-hmm. I had that first year it came out. And then it actually had a third season, but not until 2009. Wow. Yeah, so it was totally different. They'd recast everybody. Yeah. Were they um, the same characters? Same characters, because they're the characters from the books. Right. But just, like, totally recast. And, and Did I, they tread the same beats or do, take from different stories? It was it was like a continuation. It mm. was like the same plots had already happened. Interesting. But they just, they just had different people playing them. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of different characters as well. So, you know, they... they introduced a different kind of main villain and made Veronica a little bit more likable and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. So I've never actually seen that third season because by the time it came out, I was 19 and I, like, didn't care anymore. <laughs> I think I've seen, like, snippets. In fact, I may have watched, like, the first episode because I was still living at home then. And be like, may as well. There's I was like, memories. you know, I'm home. I'm, I, like, flicked it on and then I was like, cool, not for me anymore. <laughs> and then, like, turned it off. Um so, yeah, that's basically the production history. There hasn't been another season since then. So it didn't uh, ever get to a movie status or something like no. that? No. I mean, it's a, it's an Australian kids show. Like, so how the many... books are American, but they were adapted as an Australian... Yeah, I guess an Australian of... company bought the rights. Interesting. Um, and set it here instead of there. I mean, it's never specifically set anywhere. Yeah, it's just Pine Hollow. It's just Pine Hollow, and it happens to be a mostly Australian cast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, cool, yeah. cool. I guess it's show and episode context time. Yeah, I Ooh, guess it is. A bit of show text. Oh, yeah. I forgot that's what we were calling it. <laughs> so this is both pretty short because you don't really need to know that much information. Uh, Pine Hollows is a stable and ride and horse riding school owned by Max Regnery and his mother, Mrs. Ray. Reg? Reg? Mrs. Reg? Yeah. Among the students, there are three horse crazy girls. Carol, an accomplished rider with a love of all animals, Stevie, a wild tomboy, and Lisa, a perfectionist, new to horse riding, who loves it more than all of her other activities that her mother makes her do. There are a few girls also at the stable that they don't get along with, the rich, snobby, and devious Veronica, and her little sidekick, Christy. That's kind of all you really need to know, I thought. And then the, the episode, epitext. <laughs> That's the one you came up with and you liked. I like that one better. Yeah. Um, Max is getting married to his girlfriend, Deborah, and it's looking to be a whole stable affair. Lisa has been catching up to her friends in terms of writing ability, even though she started a lot later than them. Stevie has been flirt fighting with Phil, who also attends Pine Hollow, moving closer toward the flirty side lady r- lately rather than the constant bickering. And recently, Veronica stayed at Lisa's house and told everyone mean things that Lisa wrote in her diary before she really knew everybody. 
which is like there's one line in this episode that vaguely relates yeah to yeah it I wasn't was like, really that important you didn't need it but I, I was desperately trying to come up with things that you needed to know for this show but i feel like it's pretty straightforward um so i have two questions before i go into my recap and my reactions sure uh ashley is just another girl who's there yeah she's um technically she's the friend of lisa's younger sister melanie so that's kind of how we were introduced to her, but she's just another girl. She's just like a younger girl. Right. And uh, there's a stable boy hand? Red. Okay. Yeah. Yes, there is. <laughs> Those are just the two things I wasn't sure about. I mean, uh, they're just, they were just characters that aren't that important. Yeah. Okay, so which episodes did you give me, Jane? I gave you... I gave you season one, episode 25 and 26, which is Bridal Path, part one and two. Mm-hmm. And here is my recap for the episodes. Uh, Bridal Path Part 1. After a bid uh, to prove that she's as good as the others and could win the upcoming cup as a wedding present for the happy couple, um, they, uh, the happy couple, uh, Max and Deborah, witness Lisa try to jump on her... I've split this up into three different storylines. Sure. Um, main storyline is that Lisa tries to do this jump on a horse that's too high and she falls off and is sent to the hospital with a concussion, unconscious and primed for her friends to tell her about the first time they met. <laughs> and while Rocky at first with a run in between horses and a car, uh, Lisa ended up helping Carol calm Stevie's horse down one day and saved her life. Sort of. Yeah, helped. <laughs> was there. Um, and it was the start of their beautiful friendship. Veronica feels uh, regret for encouraging Lisa to try the jump and confesses that she liked some of the things that she said in her diary about her and that she shows she hasn't been nicer. Max and Deborah don't want to go on their honeymoon and continue with the wedding if Lisa hasn't woken up and call everything off that's been meticulously planned. planned. <laughs> Uh, Plotline B uh, is that the kids are going to fix up a carriage uh, to be the entrance to the wedding and Stevie and Phil have a little moment of wanting to spend time together writing it up to the church. Uh, Stevie actually tries to ask out Phil uh, to the wedding as a date, but Veronica gets in the way. Later, Stevie tries again to talk to Phil and Veronica opens Stevie's card, uh, assuming it's for her, and accepts his proposal to go on a date, despite Phil's protests. Third plot line, horse eats stuff on the rail, Ashley has fun with it until the horse eats wedding rings. <laughs> Correct. Bridal part two. Lisa wakes up not after multiple attempts of her heartfelt stories from her friends, but when she's reminded and touching the snout of her horse, Prancer, that's been missing her so much. With Lisa well enough now awake, and even though all of the elements have been cancelled, the Saddle Club will all ship in together to put on a wedding in less than three days in time before the honeymoon. They do it, and it's beautiful. Sorry, now onto plotline B, because yeah. that's basically it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Veronica finds a letter from Phil confessing his feelings for Stevie, and that it was all a mistake. She actually rips off half the message so that the juicy part is omitted, and sets Phil up to be with Veronica in front of Stevie. With some detective work at the Saddle Club, realise that something's up, and Veronica probably sabotaged Lola. After the wedding, Stevie goes up to Phil with knowledge from the newly awakened Lisa that it was all a misunderstanding, and they don't take too long to tell each other how they feel and get to the queue. Comanche? Comanche. Well, how is that spelt? You got any idea? C-O-M-A-N-C-H-E. I did spell it right. Cool. It is a Native American word. Cool. 
the horse who ate the wedding rings, and Ashley go on her little adventure, waiting for the gold to pass through her system, and eventually the stable boy shows her that he picked them up after Comanche probably knocked them off the rail with his nose in the last episode. That's, That's it. it. That's, That's it. it. It's a little bit... I, Harder and easier to at the same time, I guess, than your last week. I mean, you, you actually, the the plot lines are simpler. But well, you were just reciting card terms, really. Look, we won't get into it. <laughs> but <laughs> for I everyone's sanity, guess I will uh, show you the reactions I have when I was watching these two episodes. Yes, please. A bridle is definitely something to do with a horse riding saddle, isn't it? I don't know. I should Google this. Who's this surfer hunk? Oh, this must be Max. Oh, he's giving me Bondi that blonde surfer boy vibes. For a second there, I thought they were Australian, but then I was like, no. Yeah, that, um, whatever was very American, so I'm fairly certain it's not Australian. Yes, the inflection on my sentence made it very clear. I do not know if this is Aussie or American. Probably American. Wait, look at the opening titles next time. Who's this brunette? Like, the stable boy crush of... Huh? I don't remember reading about him. Why is the horse eating stuff important? Or is it just comedy relief? It's not that funny. Ah, so stable boy has a thing for Lisa? Or just sweet friend kissing the forehead? Mm, I'm sure. Okay. The wedding ring's got it. Clear. Okay. Nice foreshadowing. This song is cute, but reminds me of a different song. Da, 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 da. Sail away with me. Come sail away with me. Hmm? Dunno. No idea. Oh gosh. That was probably so off key. I cannot hear myself right now. Oh, so it's an Australian Canadian production? Interesting. Okay. Okay, did the production budget run out of money for um, these moments and stories they're trying to get her out of her coma unconsciousness? Oh, okay, yeah, 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 got it, got it, got it. Okay, this is too many names. It's not just the kids, it's the kids' horses as well. I'm concerned if the one not eating is because of her connection to Lisa, or if it was because they ate wedding rings? Wait, no. They would be looking after their own horses. Update on anonymous horses. Uh, Prancer is not Comanche. Comanche? Comanche. Like, C-H-E, or doesn't matter. Different horses. And she wakes up the touch and memory of her horse. What a beautiful connection. The only thing is now what's going to be our dramatic tension building for the rest of the episode. I thought that was going to fail and they were going to have to be patient and learn that science, not love, is the way to solving problems like injured bodies. But kids show, I suppose. Okay, given that it's an Australian-Canadian production, I think that Bondi Vet lookalike is definitely an Aussie actor that I don't quite know. I'm in a way, maybe? Should Google him. 
Why is this bitch picking up everyone's letters that aren't hers? That's just not even fair. Come on. Stop stooping about stuff that you don't... Mm. Anyway. Okay, that is definitely one of the most evil smiles I've ever seen. Another one. I can make it too, actually. It's all about the angle of the face. Bondi vet lookalike update. It is Brett Tucker, who is Australian actor and seems like he was on McLeod's Daughters and Neighbours. Don't remember the Neighbours bit. Wasn't allowed to watch that as a kid, but yeah. Even though I don't think I ever really watched McLeod's Daughters, there were enough ads on telly that I knew the hunk of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did she just threaten to like pull funding from the um, stable or something? She is very bitchy. I mean, how long did she think she was going to get away with it anyway if, you know, she had these whole relationship built on a lie? I guess she's a child. Yeah, okay. Yeah. To be honest, this actually does look really beautiful, not like a cheap little, like, crepe paper mache kind of wedding. Those little rope, like, ribbon thingies. Actually gorgeous when put together like that. Kind of feels like a ballet. Mm, Okay. Definitely understanding more why Jane likes this show. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what I was expecting. <laughs> I think I was expecting more horses. Um, there was there, yeah, some episodes are horse heavier than others. Yes, yes. Just depends. Like I imagine like some gymnastic shows are more gymnastic heavy than others. That's right, that's right. I did perhaps pick a less horse heavy episode than, than you may find sometimes. Uh-huh. Um, so I picked this episode because it's one of the ones that I had the strongest memory of. Oh, okay. It's the season finale. And, uh, it's not necessarily a loss of production budget, but, um, do we actually see that first, uh, thing happening in a previous episode when they first meet? Yeah. So that's, so all of those flashbacks were from the first episode and this is the last episode. So it's just doing like a whole... You know, is this the last episode? It's it's the season finale. It's the first season finale. So it was, and they obviously didn't know if they were going to get picked up. So it was just kind of like a reflect on how far we've come type thing, Hmm. which I'd forgotten was in there until I saw it and I'd already picked it and given you all the information. So I was like, ah, it's a bit shitty. But then again, (laughs) the show itself is a bit shitty. Is a bit shitty. So I was like, let's just lean into this, you know? (laughs) I mean,. So, do you know if it was made in Canada or if it was funded from Canadian um, places and then filmed here so in Australia? It, I believe it was filmed in Australia, which mm-hmm. is why most of the cast are Australian. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely a co-pro, which means that both the Canadian production company and the Australian co- production company will have put money in together. But also reap profits as well. Yes, yeah. that's right. Um, and I'm fairly certain that they did casting in both countries to try and find their main actresses. Oh, that's nice. Just because they were like, we want to find the, the right, right people yeah. um, and with the right physical attributes as well. I think it could be quite hard to find somebody of African descent, for example, to play Carol in Australia. Right. I'm not saying it's impossible, but perhaps a little bit harder. Oh, but that's actually part of her that's character. That's part of her character. She is African-American, so I think they wanted to make sure, for example, that they could get somebody to accurately play her. Um and so, yeah, I think, I think, but being a co-pro, they probably, there was probably something in a contract that was like, you know, had the right to, to try and find the stars from their own country or mm-hmm. something yeah. like that. Cool. We do the same thing for musical theatre. We, you know, sometimes have to cast somebody from internationally just to find the right talent for the part. Mm. 
So yeah, that's that's why there's only two Canadian actresses in the whole thing. Everybody, everything else is Australian. Stevie is Canadian. Yep. And Carol. Yeah. Huh. I mean, the ones with two with different accents. Well, I'm not as good at picking up accents as you are. They're very different. Well, that you heard me being like, "Hang on, wait." This sounded Aussie, but then it sounded not Aussie. I'm well, confused. Well, and the fact that they're Canadian and not American means mm. that it's slightly different as well. Exactly, which so I think they Carol go together better. So Carol has some rounded vowels, uh, some some non-hard R's, for example, mm. um, but mostly is Canadian. And they also lived over here for a while, obviously, while they were shooting. So, so they probably would have started sounding similar. They, they may have lost bits and elements of their accents as they went. But yeah, so that's, that's kind of the story behind that. I don't know the full details. A lot of that is supposition, mm. but mm. that's my understanding. Who was your um, character? Lisa. Oh yeah. Okay. The worst actress of the bunch of them, but I liked the, I liked the book character more than I liked the TV character. Right. Um, Lisa was a little bit dumb in the show sometimes. Is she the <laughs> um, audience's um, viewpoint for beginning? She was the show? for the first one, yes, because yeah. she was uh, new to the stable. She arrived and didn't know anybody, and that's you know how we learned about the characters. Right. But, uh, but not not necessarily all the way throughout. I think if I had to pick a singular protagonist, it would probably be Carol. And uh, the Saddle Club is just Lisa, Carol, and uh, Stevie. Stevie, that's right. Right. Yeah. 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 So they they just you know they're just friends. That's why I, I like even though I looked at the the show in Epitext, I was like, hang on, there's more than three girls here. Yes, yeah. I have a villain. I have wait, but Lisa looks a lot like Ashley. No, she doesn't. They've just got the same hair color. It's fine. Yeah. They're different people, Kurt. You got the different horse names. You're good. I mean, the horses I understand is confusing because if you're not used to them. Like, it can take a while to separate Yeah, and it's not them. like they mention the horses' names all the time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, seeing the names And for this one, it didn't really matter good. which horses were which, because it wasn't a huge episode to do with the horses. Could have been the same horse anyway. Exactly. But there, but there are different horses, so um, Comanche, at this stage, is largely ridden by Stevie. Starlight is Carol's horse. Prancer is ridden by Lisa. I did like it when, um, in the flashback, she's like, you almost heard Starlight. And I was like, Starlight, what a name for a horse. Oh, it's totally what I would have named a horse. <laughs> yeah. I, my, my dream horse, I think, was named Star. Oh. I think. My dream horse, who I invented in my head. Now I'm having um, flashbacks to She-Ra and her magical um, horse. His name isn't Star. No, but he's, like, flammery and has glitter around. Is his name, what's his name? Swiftwind. 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 Um, <laughs> no, my my magic my uh, ideal horse that I invented in my head growing up was either a dappled grey or a dun horse with a they call it a star but it's really more like a diamond on the forehead. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, I get what you mean. And um, that's it. That's nice. Though. Preferably with one white sock. Have you seen the unicorn store? No. Hmm. Should give it a watch. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, Starlight. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, so this is, gosh, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to judge because I, I know that, like, as an adult, I don't, I can watch this and go, like, it's not super well written, like. And it's not super well acted. It's, not, it's definitely not super well acted. I mean, child as, actors. Like. As whereas, you know, on, on some realms you go the extreme route in terms of um, uh, like Power Rangers or um, anime shows when they have dramatic, very important things they're saying and really emotional. Or you've got um, 
these kinds of shows which are you know, live action kids shows which come over more of a gamble in terms of the talent level of the actors mm-hmm. and also if you've got um, adults in the cast as well for them matching the acting capability because you don't want to have really good actors here and then the kids just seem like they're not good at it. Mm. Um, it's it's interesting to try and figure out what I think about the show. <laughs> okay, so let's start with, like, the plot. I, As in the main plot. Let's just focus plot by plot. I was very curious at how quickly the the plot ended mm. um, over the two-parter of the episodes. Yeah. Like, in the first two to five minutes of um, the episode, uh, Lisa came out of, uh, woke up. Of the second episode, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember, again, I'm just going to go back to when I first watched it, uh, which was, I was... 11 going on 12 uh, 10 going on 11 in fact and you would have had to wait a week absolutely it was on a Wednesday and it killed me um so like I remember between episodes we would also obviously my my friend whose name was Lisa um and I we used to talk about it and we kind of were trying to figure out what was going to happen in the next episode and I assumed they were going to go the amnesia route Oh, right. Um, because I'm 11, and that's what I assume happens when you get a head injury, and that's, of course, the most obvious plot line to go for. So it's a good thing I wasn't writing the show at age 11. <laughs> but anyway, and so I too was surprised when they kind of resolved that so quickly in the second episode, because it seems like it's not playing to the to the greatest drama. But I also think they were kind of going for, we don't want to make this too kind of real, like scarily realistic. In terms of close to death. Yeah, like, I think it's hard to escalate that tension-wise without, um, yeah, kind of going what is her actual chances of survival. Yeah, Um, the longer that you're in a coma. Yeah, yeah. And and so they they took a different route and, like, resolved it really quickly and then went into the wedding prep stuff. Yes, yes, which was completely the Stevie and Phil thing, which which completely kind of just lost momentum for me. Um, And Mm. I I don't necessarily think that it was high momentum when it was the girls coming Mm. at their different stages, like having their little moment with Lisa and even the stable boy. Mm. Uh, Speaking of, are they they an item? No. Oh, okay. It was just a sweet moment. It was just, yeah, I think it's just to show how far-ranging... Lisa's influence on everybody at the stable is. Oh, it's so like, sweet. Everybody loves She's her. just touched everyone. Yeah. Um, it's just... It's hard to get invested, uh, I guess, when... Uh, I mean, I get, get to get a flashback episode, so I guess I did see where it began, but no, I but wasn't you, on the journey for yeah, it, and so it wasn't earned yeah, totally. uh, for me as a first episode uh, coming into it. Um, so I did just roll my eyes a lot. Like, I, I kind of wanted to record myself, but as soon... There were two moments uh, where I just kind of groaned so audibly, but I didn't mm. click enough, uh, wasn't quick enough to hit the click button on the record, uh, where uh, she, in the second episode, they're just like, oh, but we've cancelled everything. The caterers, the church, it's like, we'll put it together. And I'm just like, my uncle's a judge. And I'm just like, okay. Oh. I mean, yes and no. Like, you can pull together a wedding pretty quickly if you want to. Yes. It's not going to be the wedding that you ple- that you planned. I think that they're very much like, well, my uncle's a judge and... My aunt part- does catering. Yeah, like... It's I, the small town coming together. Yeah, I think that it is a little bit lame, but at the same time, I'm like, ah... That kind of thing can happen in it small It can towns. happen if, if, like, if enough people... I mean, the, thing, the most unrealistic thing is that it's a bunch of 11-year-olds doing it. Yes. <laughs> That's kind of the biggest, like... Yes, it's like... Okay, these adults have just cancelled their dream wedding. And it's like, okay, those 
those 11 year olds, those three girls, they'll sort it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my big thing was like, but what about the guests? <laughs> like, were the, had the guests have probably cancelled all their plans? Yeah, yeah. You, you, Are you still going to get them there's there? A mo- there's a moment in the first episode where they say, absolutely everybody's coming to the wedding. Everybody's RSVP'd. Yeah. Like, we just got the last letter. Yeah. It's like, so you cancelled everything, so nobody came. Yeah. I mean, there were people there, so I guess they came still. Maybe they all didn't cancel their travel plans. Anyway. Um, and uh, the other time, oh, what was it again? It was in the first episode. I think it was just the moment that the flashbacks started happening, like the first yeah. time we became friends. So I was just yeah, like, I, oh. another thing that I forgot about, I totally forgot about the flashback. Like, so I didn't mind the flashback, but the way they introduced the flashback. Yeah. And, but I did at least enjoy when they tried it again in the second episode without the flashback and they're like, why didn't it work? <laughs> It should have worked. Like, they're trying to talk to her yeah. to get her out of the coma, hoping that she's listening. Yeah. Um, I did enjoy the frustration with that. But I would have preferred it if they were like, the power of friendship doesn't fix people. It doesn't heal people. Yeah. <laughs> but I know it's a kid's show, so you no, want to have that I mean, I agree. I think that it, it could have definitely just gone down the hole. And, I mean, they did say that at one point. Like, yeah. she just has to heal. Yeah, but then, time. It, but then, you know, they put Prancer at the window. And... <sighs> then she instantly wakes up. Yeah. Her eyes flutter. Yeah, pretty lame. But, you know. Um, yeah. And um, I, I think I even remember thinking it was kind of lame as an 11-year-old. I think I remember being like, really? <laughs> That's how you wake up That's from a coma? That's how you wake up from a coma? That's not how it happens. <laughs> but at the same time, you know. Yeah. I, um, I, you know, I, but I did, that's the thing. I, I didn't really enjoy the, the whole coma tension with Lisa until the second episode mm. where you were maybe seeing effects of it affecting the sailor boy and also the horse yeah. and it seeming to have a ripple effect but not being need to shove down your face yeah um and the fact that you know the stable boy would even allude to is she going to be all right you know not talking about the horse obviously alluding to the safety of Lisa yeah. and her well-being and yeah i i really Never watched an episode of McLeod's Daughters, I think, so I did not recognise Brett Tucker at all. I mean, I, I had forgotten he was in McLeod's Daughters, and I he just he does a lot of Australian TV. Yeah, so he has one of those. I'd yeah. forgotten what specifically. Australian I think TV. he was the vet in McLeod's. Maybe there was a lot of ads. I saw him plenty. Ads or abs? Ads, both. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely um, in the ads. There were a lot of hunks. On yeah. that show, and I'm I can't quite remember which particular hunk he was. And I feel like there were a few blondes too. Yeah, well, they would have they had like one blonde at a time, and then when one blonde left, they replaced <laughs> him with another blonde. Um, so I feel like he was one of the brothers, maybe because they were like two brothers, and like you were always one or the other brother, like you know, like you were either one of the brothers' name was Alex. None of this is... I haven't seen it, James. Like Matt? Nothing. Matt and Alex, maybe? And you're always like, you either liked Matt or you liked Alex. Oh, like a Dean and Sam Like a Sam and Dean type thing. Oh, I got Oh, yeah, no, kid, girls did talk about that. I did remember. I don't think his name was Matt. Hang on. Yeah, no, you're right. I this this, this was a McSteamy, McDreamy, Dan, seeing in Dan situation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alex, that's right. There was... One of them was named Alex. Nick. Although he wasn't playing Nick. <laughs> It was either you, but you were either a Nick or an Alex. But he wasn't one of those. He wasn't one of those. He played Dave Brewer, who I reckon was the vet. Maybe he replaced the vet, or he. I reckon he replaced Nick when Nick left because I needed. He was the replacement blonde, right? Um, or something like that, you know. Um, oh, and then and then he had a brother too. <laughs> 
Anyway. Um, of McLeod's daughters and back McLeod's to Saddle daughters. Club. Oh, God, McLeod's daughters, though. Did you ever, like, fully watch it? Um, like, even, like, a few episodes of Story? No, I watched quite a bit of McLeod's daughters. Um, I used to watch it with my mum and my sisters. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got really into, like, the second, third season. I don't think I started it when my family did. I came onto it a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I and then I jumped off of it as well. After Claire died. It was never the same after Claire died. Um, oh, it was so sad. Whatever the cliff. I think I remember seeing a promo for that. Oh, it was huge. It, what an event in Australian television. <laughs> Claire McLeod died. Anywho. <laughs> Anywho. Back to the uh, Saddle Club. Um, is Veronica just a, a cold bitch uh, throughout this, pretty much? Well, I mean, you, you could see that she had like genuine excitement to be around Phil, and went and she did think it was for her. She actually didn't think she wasn't trying to steal the date at first. No, Veronica is your classic rich, snobby, lonely girl. Right. So she doesn't get much um, attention from her parents. Mm-hmm. So, but she does have a lot of stuff. She always gets all the latest, you know, saddles. Saddles. She's always like she's always wearing the nicest clothes mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, looking mm-hmm. absolutely perfect because that's like what she believes needs to happen. So she's she's your classic antagonist, absolutely right. rich snobby bitch yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know there are hints toward a more vulnerable side where she is very lonely. She feels quite excluded by the saddle club girls because they're like they're yeah they're a the trio and, yeah. Um, and that kind of thing. And and Christy is kind of her only friend, and they're not really close they just kind of have banded together because they have to like you know Mm. so that's kind of the veronica of it all i don't know i always felt like she's very stereotypical yeah and and i don't think by far like not the most nuanced character but she she has a role to play in the whole thing and i do appreciate that they make small attempts to give her a little bit of depth however cliche they may be Mm. Mm. Um, and i think that's interesting in this episode that we show that because in the in the first episode, the whole thing is like she actually grabbed Lisa first and was like, "Hi, new girl, you're going to be my friend." And then Lisa soon came to realize that Veronica was a devious, conniving bitch, and then went on to help Stevie and Carol because that was Veronica's compl- Veronica's plan to freak out the horse Jeez. by putting the beeper on the back. Oh, far out! Yeah, she was like, "I put my beeper on Comanche's saddle." And when it goes off, he'll freak out because that's what Comanche does because he was really skittish at the time. And then Stevie will fall off and it'll be a disaster. She could have killed someone. Yeah, I know. Um, and so that, there was a whole, like, you know, Lisa had to, like, make a break and, like, choose whether she was going to be on Veronica's side or their side. And she chose their side. And hmm. she wrote on the back of Carol's horse and it's like, let's save Stevie. grabbed the beeper and that's how they became friends. Yeah. So um, the point being that, you know, we've we've seen that Veronica actually Has... does want to have friends and hmm. wants to, to do things, but she doesn't know the way to do it because she doesn't have, you know, really good role models in her life. Um, and that's why she it likes Lisa a little bit more than the others because they have a long history of antagonism and Lisa's kind of newer to the picture. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I appreciated that that you know in their attempts to show the community um and how tight-knit the community is they bring in like all of these different people to come in and speak to lisa and it kind of helps to show even for a new viewer perhaps that there's a strong bond in this group of people yeah that was definitely evident and even though part of me was a little hurt and then i had to reread the show in epitext 
when they're like, it's us three, the Saddle Club. And I'm like, oh, wait, shit, that means Veronica's not part of the Saddle Club. Yeah. <laughs> that also means Ashley is not part of the Saddle Club. No, Ashley's not relevant. So, Ashley's uh, barely a character. <laughs> she just happened to have a little plot line in this episode. Well, you know, I just wasn't sure, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess if you haven't given me a name, they're not going to be important. No. Um, uh, and so it was It was interesting to see that while they did show that uh, sense of community, um, which was nice and does give me a bit of Australiana vibes and that sort of thing, it also showed the um, rifts that happen in those communities. Mm, you totally. also have tighter bonds between other people. Yeah, and, there are going to uh, be cliques in communities. Yeah, just because I might be creamly in creamly? incredibly social at work doesn't necessarily mean I'm in with all the other people. People have their little clicks and things like that. That's how life continues on. So even if you can have a very reinforced community, like in a dance community Mm. or anything else like that, um, that there will still be little bonds and things like that. Yeah, and internal politics and stuff. uh, But then there's there's these times when, you know, you rally together. Come together. Yes. Yeah, I think that that's one of those other things that kind of drew me to the show. Like another little element that kind of grabbed me is that it did have that very strong, like, this is its own little microcosm community, Mm. which I so strongly associated with my little dance community. Yeah. Which, I mean, I know a lot of people have, like, church communities. Yeah, that's my association. That's your association. And, and, but the, the community of people in and around my dance school was so strong and so formative for me personally. Mm. Like, um, even kids that you didn't know super well, but you knew them through dance. And that was like, you could always trust them to be part of your life in that way. Um, and so I think that that was just another little nice thing and something that I liked in this episode that was very clear and very... Um, it resonated with you. It resonated with me. Um, you know, coming together to put on someone's wedding. I know it's lame. Oh, yeah, but But then, I think it's a strong image and a strong idea. Even after I made that point, I was just thinking in my head, I was like, okay, yeah, she's saying this, but yes, it actually would happen. I was just thinking about my church community. Like, that would easily be a community totally. that would just put on a wedding that they could try and do in a day or two. The dance community in Bathurst, even, which mm. I, yeah, mm. I didn't grow up with, but did join and, and was very firmly involved with. When Dee got married, Adriana made all the food for the wedding mm. and they all went and made the centerpieces together because Dee couldn't afford a big fancy wedding. She had a wedding in her barn and everybody just like pitched in and helped. Yeah. It wasn't a shotgun wedding like this one, but you know, it was, it was, you know, it, if you want to do something on the cheap, as long as you have help, you can. And so I kind of, I liked that element of it. I know mm. it's lame, but. No, 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 no. It Not is like, lame. It's it okay. Is, but, but I, I did like it in a sense, and it did give me uh, memories of that kind of community. Mm. And while the community I kind of would resonate with as a younger person would have been the church community, it reminded me of pole community, yeah, uh, the aerial dance community that I've been a part of, uh, where I definitely left my bag in the studio. But is that uh, where your wallet is? <laughs> uh, no, I at least I don't think so. No, no, no. I had it when I came home. Oh right. Okay. Um, it's definitely where um, some of my other things are, though. <laughs> good, good. Uh, but nothing else I can't find. Uh, so yeah, no, it's, it was interesting that it, while it is tacky, it did give me a bit of the warm fuzzies. Mm. Um, I didn't necessarily feel enthralled or enticed necessarily by any of the actors, but some of it was sweet enough that I was like, yeah, this is kind of. I think our two Canadian actresses did quite well with the like crying, want to wake up Lisa stuff. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it more in the second episode than in yeah. the, uh, the first episode. It felt a little bit more forced. Maybe that was around the editing and things yeah. like that with the flashback chucked in the middle of it. Um, because then Veronica's moment with Lisa almost felt more important than mm. the moment they had with her. 
um, because you know you it's always good to to bring in uh, footage that you've already shot in terms of you can take away a good five minutes or four minutes that you don't have to add on to your yeah. production budget and I also think it's a case of I mean this is something that doesn't really happen so much in shows now because we all have streaming but Back then, you, you would have had people who will have joined the season halfway through mm, and weren't mm. able to get the old episodes. So I think it's a good chance to kind of recap some of that stuff for newer viewers. Definitely. But, I mean, it's still a, a bad... <laughs> it's a bad convention, and I don't ever recommend using flashbacks of episodes that you've already had. I say knowing full well that we just released two clip shows. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah, I think that, in general, the kids' acting isn't always excellent. I think that Veronica does a fairly good job most of the time. And yeah, I do think that the two actresses playing Stevie and Carol, I can't remember any of their names right now. Um, I think that they did pretty well in those second crying scenes, you're right, in the second episode mm, when they were, mm. um, you know, perhaps a little more distraught. And frustrated. And, and frustrated. wanting to do something. Yeah, yeah. I think that they're, I think that they're fine performances, but I guess, did, did it feel like that really took away from being invested in the show? It was more, I guess, uh, that while the in the first instance it was a bit more... Hmm, that instance wasn't natural. Um, uh, the the B plot line is what kind of drew me away from sure. the show. Sure. And because... I also forgot that that was part of it too. <laughs> and because that became the main focus of the second episode, mm. I was starting to just pull back. I don't, I don't disagree um, with you. And what I ended up doing is I ended up watching um, the second episode twice, but not the first episode, and just mm-hmm. enjoying the recap of the first one uh, to be like, okay, come on, there's got to be something else in here that, I, that I'm into. But I just kept being really annoyed at Veronica because mm. it's so blatantly bad. Yes. But that's not as bad as what she did in the first episode. No, it's Has she not. gotten slightly better? Uh, no, I just think that she didn't need to, you know... Have... Go, go to such lengths. Yeah, I mean, it's not about better or worse, it's just about whatever opportunity arises in that moment. She'll seize it. She'll seize it. Um... Gotta give her some credit. Yeah, I, th- I mean, not really. She It was a bad plan, particularly the letter part, where she oh, just, like, yeah. rips off a bit of the, the thing. Half the letter, put in a different pen a different and pen. different handwriting. Like, it was very obvious. Um, I mean, it would have been a better idea to just take the letter away completely and her not show up. Yeah. But then I was like, eh, it's a kid trying to think on the fly, sure, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, and they had to but have some way to be, be able to figure it figure out, it out yeah. in the end. So I can see plot-wise why they did it. It's just kind of dumb. Um, yeah, it's quite dumb. But, yeah, again, I forgot about that plot line when I picked the episode. But also, uh, that's pretty good for Veronica to figure out exactly, like, it's convenient. But it's also... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the, that happened to end at the end of the line. But yes, and then the, the paper was folded in half. And be like, how I feel. Well, I'm like, but how do you feel? How are you going to spin this, Veronica? And I was like, okay, you spun this, Veronica. Yeah. Decent work. Evil smile. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, I think with that plot line, it's just... It's just a bit it's, ridiculous. And it's just hard to get invested in, like, an 11-year-old's romance. Yeah, you know? an 11-year-old misunderstanding of a romance. Yeah. Uh, I was more kind of into it when it was a bit joke flirty and the friends were just like kissing in a tree or whatever when it was just a bit more like like their age yeah yeah when in the second episode it felt like it was a bit more reaching for above their age I just think it was reaching for a bit more complicated than it needed to be yeah like it was going for romantic tension there was no romantic tension I know Phil liked her I know Stevie liked her yeah yeah 
Did anyone ever admit it to each other? No, I hate it. But I hate all things. Or I hate a lot of romantic subplots. And Stevie was never a character that I really um, related to either. She's the show-offy one. She's the tomboy. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so Stevie, I was kind of like, I just didn't relate to her. Because mm-hmm. she was very like, you know, tomboy and wild and doesn't care about rules. And was always getting into trouble. And I was just, I just don't have a lot of time for that kind of person. Um <laughs> So yeah, I didn't, I didn't care much for that storyline. Mm. Um, yeah, so yeah. it sucks that it took up so much the second episode. And as I was watching it, I was like, oh, why, why are you spending so much time on this? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just trying to think of what else I have really to say about it in terms of a show. I mean, I, do they have competitions and things like that that you see Sometimes. as part of it? Sometimes. Or is it a lot more of the kind of stuff that happens off screen and most of it's is stationed at the stable? Most of it's set at the stable for sure. Mm. Um, and sometimes there are competitions at the stable. Um, Do you ever see high school life? Well, they go to middle school. Right. Or like they're 11, so they'd be like, oh, yeah, six, yeah, 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 maybe. Yeah. Um, no, we never see them at school. Yeah. Never see them at school. I don't even think they all go to the same school in the, in the books. They, this is where they see each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and which is another thing that I really appreciate because I always had like dancing friends and school friends and mm. they were totally different subsects of friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Nothing yeah. to do with each other. Yeah. Which makes it awkward when you get invited to like a dancing friends birthday party because then you're like, I don't know anyone. Um, yeah, so uh, I just kind of give you a bit of a rundown of the kind of plots that you might get out of the right. rest of the show just so you get an idea. Mm-hmm. They're not always this dramatic, but they sometimes are. <laughs> Um, they had a tendency to do like medical or danger things with Lisa. So Lisa has been bitten by a snake. Right. She got appendicitis uh-huh. and she twisted her ankle on to be three f- separate, on these are all different storylines. To be fair, those are three very likely, um, injuries. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's like, they, they only ever do sickness stuff oh, okay. with Lisa. With Lisa. Oh, those are her main plot those lines. Those are her main plot lines. Um... <laughs> And although Stevie once did get a regular concussion, not like a coma con- concussion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she um, actually said that in this episode, I think. No, that was Carol. Stevie oh, got one in the second season. Oh, right. Because she was riding without a helmet. Oh, she Stevie, felt like she, she's a rule breaker. No, it's because she, she was feeling very ugly because she had a pimple. And so Deb was like, well, sometimes when I don't feel my best, I think about the things that I do like about how I look. You know, you've got such beautiful hair. And then she was like, I do have beautiful hair. I'm not going to ride with my helmet on so that people can see my beautiful hair. Right. And then she fell off the horse and got a concussion. Um, and that's when you learn you should always wear your helmet. Definitely on a horse. Definitely on a horse. Um, but, you know, there was, oh, my God, I should have given you... Okay. Now that I think about it, this would have been a much better thing, but it wasn't about Lisa, which is my favourite character. Mm. So the episode that I really should have given you, now mm. that I'm thinking about it yes, a little bit more. you're having a little um, moment right now. Having a little moment. Um, there's an episode where Veronica's horse, mm-hmm. whose name is Cobalt. Mm-hmm. Um, no, wait. <laughs> Don't have to get the horse name right. It's fine. No, I'm just trying to remember the plot. I'm trying to remember the exact plot. No, it was it was Veronica's horse. So Veronica's Veronica's riding her horse and gets like riding the horse too hard, or the horse was injured and she rode it anyway, and the horse broke its leg. Far out. And then they had to put the horse down because that's what you do when a oh, horse breaks its leg. Oh, I would have loved that. But also. 
I hated it, but I would have been emotionally invested. Oh my in god, it. it was actually like now that oh, this is such a terrible. Why did I give you that episode anyway? But I'm assuming that's not what like every episode is more like. This is probably more of a vibe uh, of the show. Or? I mean, I gave you the finale, but um, <laughs> with the no, flashback. But the the thing about that episode was um, Veronica was really upset, but. Carol was devastated because Carol actually loves, loves the horse. All the animals. She loves all the animals and she loves that horse in particular. Um, and and I remember the end of the first episode ends with like uh, Cobalt in in his stall dying or on the ground somewhere dying and all three girls just lying around just like patting him until Jeez. he dies. And I remember when I was watching that as a kid, I was like bawling my eyes out because the horse was dying and I was watching it with my sisters because I had it on VHS. Yeah, I'd already yeah. seen it, but I got the VHS for Christmas and we were all watching it together. Um, and my sisters were crying mm-hmm. and I was looking at them being like, you don't even like horses. And they were like, we're crying because the girl is sad, all right? <laughs> but like, it was actually really evocative now that I think about it. It was really fucking sad. Yeah. Should have given you that episode. It was excellent. <laughs> Sounds good. And then the second episode is all about like Carol doesn't want to ride anymore. Yeah. Um, because right. she like, you know, she's scarred by the incident. She doesn't want to become a vet anymore, which was her whole thing. And then it's not until they say, like, well, if you don't want to ride anymore, we'll sell your horse to Veronica. And then she's <laughs> like, Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> not that bitch. Exactly. Yes, yes. She yes. just killed her own horse, so you know. Um, anyway. That would have been a great episode to give you now that I think about Seeing it. Seeing their reactions to Veronica about that and how Veronica felt about that, because she didn't intentionally do it. She's just trying to be better. Well, she, she, I think she disregarded the advice from the doctor because she was trying to push the horse to, to, she was trying to win a competition yeah, or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that's, that's, you know, one of the more the, intense episodes. Mm. But, you know, there's, there's, there's little comic relief stuff here and there, but there's a lot of, quite serious yeah when the ashley like horse adventure with the music for like three minutes of like doing these ridiculous poses and shots of just waiting for the horse to defecate was just all right a whole left turn yeah in terms of tone yeah Uh, but i guess that's the kind of tone of the show it's light it's breezy but it also has some heavier themes that slip in. yeah they've usually got they've usually got uh, a c i mean normally do an A and B plotline, but... There's A, B, and C in this there one. Are, there is A, B, and C, maybe just because it's the finale and they knew they had extra time. But also, there wasn't necessarily anything funny or light-hearted about their main two plotlines. No, and so... I think I think it is just, with a, with a kid's show particularly back then, they were trying to kind of keep it light for people who were there for the lightness. Yeah, and... the younger the audience member, the more they'll enjoy those individual moments yeah. as opposed to the, the deeper moments. Totally. Uh, about connection. And I think Generally, this... I'm not trying to say that audiences have need to be spoon-fed. No, but, no, no. You but, know, yeah. you know, a younger audience would, would love when the horses are up more and that sort of thing. Yeah, Especially sure, Especially if sure. the show's called Saddle Club. Yeah. Um, I do think I appreciate, like, as much as the show, like, is, a, is, like, lame and tropey and blah, blah, blah. I do think that generally the, like, it plays pretty well with, like, the thematic through lines of the episodes... So, like, all of the plots did intertwine with each other at least a little bit. They were mm. all related to each other. You know, the Ashley plot was related to the wedding plot, which was related to, um, you know, Lisa's plot through that. And, and then Stevie's plot kind of had more of a thematic storyline because it was all about 
Um, First kiss and just romance. Well, you know, yeah, the, the kind of romance and developing uh, romantic ideas as, you know, an 11-year-old, you've got this idea of a wedding and what love could be. what love can be and then yeah. kind of discovering first love and then you've got, like, Lisa, who's the romantic among them and she's the one who goes into a coma. So, like, while that's all happening, there's, like, not a lot of thought about that but then when she gets out of the coma, that plot kind of becomes reinvigorated. I did really like it when uh, Phil came up to her and was like, I miss talking to you. And she's yeah. like, boom, boom. Sit on the sit on the bed here, and we'll have yeah. a little moment. Yeah, I think I think that just the way that the plots interact with each other. I'm not saying it's the most brilliant thing ever, but I think that it does show a, a little bit of a sophistication in the writing. Yeah, that you don't often get from kids shows where the A's and B's and C plots are completely unrelated. True, thematically they are all linked and fed into each other. It didn't feel like it was always wasting time. Yeah, uh, it felt like that generally one plotline would give you something that would feed into another facet of the other one. Yeah, um, but you know, other than structure wise, I mean, there were definitely moments where I smiled or moments where I was like, oh yeah. I mean, like the opening titles, uh, I really enjoyed. Yeah, and, but like and seeing the disembodied heads and I'm like are they actually on horses for these shots or are they just pretending to be on a horse and shooting these shots without the horses on there most of the time they were not on horses when they I were on horses I love it most of the time they're like they. I think in the second season they got like a rig where like it was you know like a, a rodeo bull mechanical yeah and it thing. probably has a little bit of a neck or something uh sometimes depending yeah. depends on the shot um yeah. and then in some shots they were just like some of the what some of the close-ups of them when they're running across the countryside they're like on the back of a ute or like <laughs> i was just safely yeah yeah but um, i mean like it, 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 it's quite hard to film well and, and they weren't all riders as, yeah. so you know oh yeah at that age being having the skill of riding a horse while acting and also uh the amount of money and hours that you're allowed to work with animals and yeah. the wranglers needed around it I, I totally get it yeah uh, but just i enjoyed being able to see it yeah yeah um but yeah, so I, I think that in general, like, the show's fine. It, I, I understand that most of my love for it comes from nostalgia and, and grew out of my love of horses and the way this particular show just found all of these elements that spoke directly to me as an 11-year-old. does explain why it was your first one. Yeah, it packaged everything in together for me um, and and just kind of created this perfect storm of hyperfixation. The second season just wasn't as good. I just can't even with the second season. And you were too old by the time and the I was third. too old by the time the third came around. You never had a desire to finish it because it's such a younger audience I think I, I, like I said, I tried that first time and then I was like, I can't watch this. Mm, mm. Like, I don't know. I was sick in bed for six months, but it's like at the very end of my watch list. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. I just don't think, because it's different actors. Yeah, you, you know, don't have that connection. I don't even have the connection to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did... Part of the um, merchandising for the show that they released a bunch of albums with all the girls singing. Oh yes, because the the uh, closing song is them in the in the music video Recording booth. booth yeah. yeah, yeah, singing the song. Yeah, so they they each released a bunch. They all recorded a bunch of songs and released them all on albums. That's pretty cute. They were like usually like related to the show. They were fucking terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. So like Nikki Webster, Strawberry Kisses style, or uh, yeah, let's worse? let's let's do this. <laughs> oh, they look a bit older here. Yeah, it's the second season. Right. This looks like this is from the nineties. 
It's not. Is no, it? it's from the ooze. Yeah. It's from the early ooze. That's Stevie? Yeah. Yeah, she had a bit of a glow up. <laughs> No, and they're when they're like, together, it doesn't even sound like a necessarily good harmony. But it's no, okay. No, because they're all sopranos, so they're all singing in the same key. I don't like the forced, oh, we're having fun backstage, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, can you imagine how annoying it is? It looks it is. so fake. Yeah. You need to try and engineer real life scenarios if you're going to do that, and it doesn't work. And the dresses are all awful, okay? Oh my gosh, this is too much. But I guess it's meant to be Christy. for a... Oh, Christy. It's meant to be for a um, younger audience. Yeah, I mean, this is music that's released and marketed to 12-year-olds. I'm trying to think if there's any others. Um, uh, like, I'm trying to think about the, the serious oh, Lisa no. one. Um, so the song that was going on for a little bit was probably one of theirs. What song? When um, when uh, Ashley was waiting for the horse to defecate. I don't remember what was playing there. Did it have lyrics? Yeah. Maybe then. Possibly. It's one of the more serious ones. The worst is over now, but the <laughs> has been you can't see my face. It's... And you this is the most on-the-nose lyrics I think I've ever seen. It's about a horse. <clears throat> it's a... Oh. It's about a horse that's been abused and it's like a rescue horse. Oh, that's sweeter now. Have you choreographed to this before? <laughs> no! <laughs> it's like it deserves like some... Some fluttering. Oh my gosh, yes. Brighter than a star. I don't think the wind whispers in your heart. Okay. Anyway, so... Oh, I want to see your true colours. <laughs> and and this is when it played in the show. Is it after the song that the horse dies or a different horse? Oh, is, you were saying it was a horse that was abused. Yeah, so this is the horse. So they just like played the song that's about the horse over the horse. <laughs> And it's just the horse. Oh no, there's, there's more. There's, like, she's in the scene as well. <laughs> anyway, yep. so... That was an interesting facet of it. So, while last week mine had card games, yours has, um... Uh, it, it had, well, hits. Maybe not hits. Uh, yeah. Entire soundtracks. Wow. Um, with, yeah, various songs. Some of them were used in the show, some of them were just extra songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That were created with all of these girls that can't particularly sing. I can definitely picture this sort of thing being like a three-track CD or mini CD that's part of like a, like a little teen magazine or something, like DA. I don't remember the... I don't know what DA is. Oh, it's um, like Disney Adventures. It was a little like tweeny. 
uh, oh, magazine. Right. But, um, but there was also boy ones and girl ones. Um, but right. Disney Adventures was trying to be a bit more across the board. Okay. Um, no, I don't remember these being released as part of a magazine thing. I know exactly what the kind of magazine you're talking about. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember the yeah. one that that I used to read. Because they definitely would have been featured in one of those. Quite oh, a bit. totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, these, these were... You know, you could find them Insanity. Oh, wow. I, I'm pretty sure I bought mine Insanity. we got more... We have less luck finding a Sanity these days, though, unfortunately. So many of them still in WA. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like, you only pay $1 for delivery. It's still an online store, actually. Mm. Uh, so whenever I got Sanity vouchers from family members, I would just uh, get it shipped from Queensland or something. Yeah, right. No, mm. there's I, I there was one in Belmont Forum, which was like a city shop. Mm. Um, so apparently sanity still exists, but anytime, like, I think a couple of years ago, my dad gave me a sanity voucher for my birthday and I was like, just don't, I'm not going all the way to Ballarat for that. <laughs> you should have looked online. I can't, I can't, I probably did in the end, yeah, but you know, yeah, yeah. um, so okay. yeah, there, you know, it was, it had huge merchandising, like you could yeah. get backpacks oh, and lunch boxes. Oh, of course, the lunch boxes, the backpacks, yes, the pencil cases, the pencils, Abs- the yeah. rulers, the erasers. Anything you wanted, you could get Saddle Club related. I, I mean, get probably that could have got the same thing as Yu-Gi-Oh as well. But given that that one was uh, first a Japanese product and then westernized and produced in America when this is an Australian-Canadian co-production, mm. I wouldn't expect there to be a huge amount of merchandise. But pretty cool that it would have been pretty effective. Yeah, I think I had a, I think I had something Saddle Club related. Maybe like a backpack or something. Did I talk to Dan? No, because I was... While I simultaneously loved and was obsessed with the Saddle Club, I knew that I was a little bit too old for it. So you it. didn't necessarily want your other people to know that you were watching the no, Saddle Club? No, most people, like, some people knew, like, my close friends knew. And it's okay, you know. Yeah, but most people I didn't, like, telegraph the You fact. wouldn't broadcast it on your lunchbox pulling it out of your bag? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I yeah. knew that it was. I like. I knew it was lame. I knew it. But I loved it. <laughs> well, that's nice. It's fine. Like, I think a small part of me knew that Smallville was lame, but I loved it. I mean, it's different though. Because I had I had shows like that too. Like, yeah. I had Charmed, which I knew was lame but loved, but in a different way to this one. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. this hits a lot of your your checkbox items. It, really. does, it does. It does. And and if only it were better acted, produced, and written. <laughs> You know? Uh, well, the thing that I appreciate about it is that the language from the adults isn't uh, dumbed down too much. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're talking about the logistics of, oh, no, we cancelled this or we've done that or we're going off to this. Uh, it's like, okay, well, you know, that's how it is. Yeah. Um, and with the revelation knowing that, the, you know, they do have a putting down of a horse in the show, it's good to know that they don't actually just... You know, simplify. Not the, everything the, the has its the easiest solution. Yeah. Sometimes there are. Yeah. Not everything is always perfect. Like, but it's good ways. to take a lighter solution for the kids, but it's nice to know that yeah, they, they occasionally kill Lisa. throw one, <laughs> throw a curveball, or paralyze her. No, that would have been pretty heavy. <laughs> Nothing that could have long-lasting consequences. <laughs> Uh, anyway, it's just because that's a that's a very common thing with horse riding in terms of injuries. Oh, totally, totally. Um, so that's just why I'm not really for Veronica too much, knowing her full origin. Yeah, yeah. Um, so give me your eye rating. I'm gonna go one and a half doll's eyes. Okay. Yeah, because while it's it's not good, mm-hmm. it's just not really that good. Yeah. But it's got a charm to it. Yeah. 
you can't kind of deny the charm that it's kind of got. Maybe it's because of the way the girls are just happy to be around horses. Like, mm. I'm sure at the end of filming, they would have got tired of it at some points, but they probably still had a connection with these horses after filming for a long time. And even though sometimes the horse may have been swapped over with other horses and things like uh, that. I mean, usually the, the, ho- like the horse that they used was the horse that they used. Mm. Like... Um, I'm just assuming in terms of like sometimes of way of moving around budgets or shooting schedules or things like that. But I guess you would also have that limited shooting time with children as well. So you well, I, th- too... I think not really because they had to be very specific about who was riding which horse. Mm. Like you couldn't ever just be like, ah, uh, you know, Stevie's going to ride Patch today. Right. Like that, they never did that. Interesting. They always had their specific horses, or if they grad like at one point, you know, Lisa graduates from riding Patch to riding Prancer, mm. and that's like a thing, and it's a break, and she does the new thing. Right. So like. You know, I think that they that they they keep the world relatively consistent in that's that way pretty good. because the point of uh, half the point of the show is the connection between the girls and their horses, and yeah. they really respect that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Do you think if if this had caught your eye when you were eleven, do you think or nine when it came out? Do you think you might have watched it if you if you had felt that you could and wasn't you? Know, yeah, and it wouldn't be uh, something that yeah, all like my own family. <laughs> um. Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe because uh, they're only, like, Phil seems to be, like, the only other guy who's there. And it probably would have been harder for me to relate to the show. Find a character to relate to. I mean, like, sure enough, I loved Sailor Moon. uh, And I found a relation to one of the girl female characters. But, I mean, there was also Tuxedo Mask. And something about that resonated with me, I suppose. Mm. I don't need the character to be male or female for me to connect with them. But uh, maybe I would need to see more of the show to see if I would stick with it at that age. But I can't, it's hard for me to dictate now. Hmm. It's okay if you're, if you're not sure if you think the answer I is I think no. if there was more horses. Which there are. Yeah, I probably, I I probably would have been... I didn't pick up I probably would have been more for it. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's something that I was obsessed with a little bit too as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I became about 12, 13... I was like, well, this just isn't going to happen, so there's no point wanting to draw horses and and get on horses and things like that. I think probably if I was, if it caught me at a young age, I probably would have been obsessed with it. Yeah, right. Yeah, and probably would have been in a compromising situation of having Saddle Club merch or my parents not letting me go to school with Saddle Club merch. Um, because, you know, in my high school, things were not necessarily that easy for effeminate boys. Yeah. Um, I mean, nobody was admitting to liking the Saddle Club Club in in high high school. (laughs) Uh, oh, no, I mean, even in primary school. Yeah. And that sort of thing, you know, we were playing Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yeah, yeah. Digimon. Um, but I, I think that I, little Kurt inside of me probably would have loved it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, okay, great. Uh, I think that wraps that up then. Thank you for uh, humouring me. Yeah, I mean, it's losing a bit of points for just, like, the loss of dramatic tension in the second episode and yep. the flashback in the first. Yeah. Um, so all mistakes, which I'm more than happy to admit, are bad. What would you do differently if you were to try and resolve the end of the season? I don't know. It'd be pretty hard because you're trying to keep it on a happy and light note, and you don't really want to have that that sense of death just hanging over you. I mean, like if if I were writing it now, I would I would have her take longer to recover. Definitely. When she came out, so I think you could yeah. have you could have it. Um, you can have her be awake. You can have her be awake, but like still take a lot of time and have it be more of an um and ah, whether or not they should do the wedding until 
she's fully better or until she can make it um, and then have it be more of a thing of them like having to sneak her out to get her to the wedding or mm. something like that. So Yeah, and that's a, a simple way of like just upping the stakes um, with a little bit of fun where the villain is like the doctors who said you should be yeah. in bed where it's not like, oh, death. Yeah, um, I think maybe keeping her to be the focus of the episode would have been better. Yeah. I think it's weird that you, after she wakes up, she's no longer the focus. Yeah, she kind of just disappears. Yeah, I think that that's what really kind of bugs me about the second episode of these two. So I think that's what I would have done. I would have made it be that, that the wedding was still going forward, but that she couldn't attend and they wanted to kind of help her do that in some mm-hmm. way. Because they're like, she's okay, she's alive, cool. Mm. And also, like, did she not have any other injuries? Like, you know, yeah. what you know, if she'd had... A couple of injuries, and that like, would have made definitely it shoulder or yeah. something. The way she landed, or her stunt double, or the dummy. Not sure, but um... <laughs> yeah. So I think that something along those lines probably would have just helped um, to recenter and refocus the attention, so yeah. that you were kind of staying on the same through line instead of shifting the focus so dramatically toward not only the wedding but to the wedding the, rings, the, the Stevie and Stevie and Phil plot, which I just don't think holds as much water as they wanted it to. No, I don't think this was a big will they or won't they moment. No, no. Yeah. And Veronica always works best when she's a minor B plot instead of the main antagonist. Yes. Because it's always weird, just like, why are you so villainous? Yes, this is really mean. Yeah. Um, So that's why it's better when she's doing like little villainous things instead of like major villainous things. That could kill people. That could kill people. Mm. Anyway, so that's how I would fix it. Cool, cool. No, no, no. I, I respect and completely support that decision. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, so what's been in your eye this week, Kurt? Well, I uh, actually, talking about book series and junior versions of book series, hmm. I watched the 2014 reboot of Left Behind. What? Uh, Left Behind is a series of uh, New York Times bestselling novels, which I know isn't necessarily a big thing, but maybe it was back then. Um based, uh, uh, interpreting the final book of the Bible, which prophesies the end of the world. Sure. Uh, and, you know, viewing what that would look like in modern day, where people who, uh, you know, uh, believed in that certain type of faith would disappear and go to heaven and their clothes would be left and the world is in panic and disarray. Mm-hmm. There was actually three movies. So it's The Leftovers. This happened way before The Leftovers. I know, but it's The Leftovers. This happened way before The Leftovers, I know, but this interpretation of whatever you're talking about is The Leftovers. Yes. Right. (laughs) I uh, wasn't allowed to read the Left Behind books when I was a kid because they were too mature for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I actually read the junior version, uh, all 12 books, um, and uh, there were three movies that actually came around about that time, each lowering production value and success. And then I was like, I think Nicolas Cage is in it. And me and my housemate were talking. We're like, yeah, no, no, I think I've seen that. I was like, no, you haven't. You were talking about this. And then we realized that after the three failed movies, because it's meant to be a 12-movie series, didn't quite make it that far into the franchise. They, Nicolas Cage and some other people, including Chad Michael Murray, were in a reboot in 2014. Right. Um, worse writing. Great. Uh, higher production quality. Okay. More on-the-nose spirituality discussion talks. Gross. But then um, all the tension and the antagonist of the slow-building villain of the Antichrist in the back corner of the original Left Behind series is not even there. It's just uh, about an hour and a half of them trying to land a plane safely. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of interesting because it was more dramatic tension and realistic in terms of the aftermath of if this actually happened, you know, rioting and people just mugging you and then not having enough place to land or people answering phone calls. It was kind of interesting. Just extremely poorly written and I can't look at Nicholas Cage's face for too long. Okay. Great. That's what I was watching. 
It was very enjoyable for some reason. I sounds like something I don't want to watch. No, I don't think you do at all. No. I just loved the really on-the-nose cutaways of, like, like a picture of the Holy Bible and then the mother, like, throws her gardening gloves on it before she goes to talk to her daughter. And just, like, oh, it was just fun every way. They would just try and sneak in, not so gracefully, um, a little discussion about uh, their beliefs. Gross. I hate movies that are, like, let's throw religiosity in your face. I don't mind using religion as, like, a, a motivating factor for a way that a character yeah, yeah. exists and, and, you know, their beliefs and, and the way their personality is and their reaction to things. But when that's the... Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I, I mean, yes. Uh, but it was kind of fun. It was <laughs> kind of fun. I, I do I do applaud the fact that it was kind of absolutely ridiculous uh, at one point because she climbed to the top of the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge to get reception so her father could call her from the plane that needed somewhere to land. Yep. But, As you uh, do. Oh, As you do. Gosh, Golden was... Gate Bridge, really easy to climb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what's been in mind. What about yours? Uh, in my eye is it's a book and a movie interpretation of the book. Okay. Um, it's the actually it's not really a book it's more of a novella. Uh, it's called We Have Always Lived in the Castle, mm. and it's by Shirley Jackson, the author who wrote the original Haunting of Hill House. Ah. Um, so I asked my mum for a book for Christmas, which was both of her novellas, so mm-hmm. Haunting of Hill House and We Have Always Lived in the Castle, and then all of her short stories. Cool. Um, and there's a lot of short stories. Um, including The Lottery, which is, like, her big short story that got, has been turned into movies and, like, everyone's favourite. So her short stories are all uh, unlinked? They're not necessarily an anthology? No, they're just, they're just un, yeah. Nice. Um, well, some of them were collected into an anthology at one point, but they're not related to each other. Cool. Um, so anyway, I read the book, uh, the novella We Have Always Lived in the Castle, which I quite enjoyed. It's really um, what Shirley Jackson does so well is take, like, domestic settings and make them really unsettling um, and... I mean, I, I guessed the twist pretty early on, but mm. that's okay because I still liked the tension that was built up around it. Um, and then I watched the movie, which only came out a couple of years last year, I think. Um, really? Yeah. Why? Oh, no, I just thought that she's been a, a writer for longer than this that. This is not her most... Wait, what? Yeah, so the book came out in the 50s. Yeah, uh, yeah. The 60s, yeah, but yeah. They've only, I've only ever seen uh, one interpretation of the film. It recently right, came right, out. Right, right, right. Um, has Sebastian Stan in it? Oh! Um, <laughs> that perked me up. <laughs> uh, I, I saw uh, my housemates watching I, Tonya the other day, and I forgot how good of an actor he is. I forgot he was in that movie. Because he's a pretty good actor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I liked the film. I think. It made some things really overt that didn't need to be overt. Right. And it changed the ending just slightly. Um, for better or worse? For different. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I think they were trying to make, like, trying to up the stakes at the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually kind of like how understated the book's ending was. Um, and so I don't necessarily like what they did there. Interesting. So, it was the movie was fine. I liked the book better, mm-hmm. but it's it's just interesting to read um, another take of Shirley Jackson's on kind of almost domestic horror yeah. <laughs> or domestic thriller. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of describing it. Um, which is which is not dissimilar to the Haunting of Hill House, the original Haunting of Hill House book, not so much the TV miniseries, which is also excellent but very different. Mm, mm, mm. So yeah, that's what I've been reading and looking at with my eyes. Very nice. Did that over the Christmas holidays. 
Uh, please make sure to rate, review, or subscribe. Uh, we would love to um, hear about what you like from the show. Um, it would also definitely help us move up in terms of other people hearing about it or let anyone else know about the show Made You Look. Uh, we're available on a number of different podcatchers, and you can easily review it inside the app. Uh, although on Apple iTunes would be cool to see what you've got to say or suggest any other shows that you would like for us to have a look at. That's right. If you leave us a review, we will read it out on the pod. So that's something to look forward to. You can become podcast famous. <laughs> yeah, if you want to get in touch with us, either find us at Major Look Pod on Instagram or you can email us media at outlook.com. Both of those things are in our show notes if you want to go there and look at them. Yes. Other than that, until next time. Yes, yeah, stay away from cold bitches who plan to potentially paralyze you in terms of getting ahead in life. I think she was trying to paralyze. I think she was trying to make her look bad. She was trying to With make the potential like, risk for paralyzing. She was trying to make it look like she couldn't control her horse. But actually, it's a very dangerous plan. Extremely dangerous. Don't put beepers, which were a thing that barely existed in 2001, <laughs> let alone now, on people's saddles. Okay, so we've learned that beepers are a dangerous weapon. Yeah, yeah. Um, have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. I'm pretty much ready when you are. Okay. I don't need this until um recap. Mm-hmm. Or say as I put two gummy bears in my mouth. Mm. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.